Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Skeleton grin would tire of his crown. 
if they only understood He'd give it all up if he only could Oh, there's an empty place in my bones That calls out for something Welcome, everybody, back to Three Witches and a Druid, where we initially started on Zoom because of the whole COVID lockdown. And here we are back on Zoom again, because all four of us have either had or have at the moment COVID. What were the witches and a druid up to that they all got COVID at the same time, you ask? <laughs> the mystic bear. That's well, I don't know if it's necessarily that, but anyway, I am Margo, and I'm Maze, Gwen, and I'm Brian. Yeah, so uh, we're online. We're on Zoom tonight because we're all some level of sick. I lost my voice for a full week, and I'm just getting it back now. But yes, we just all participated in the Mystic Moon Fair here in Halifax, which was a rip roaring success on the doorfront for the Pagan Assembly. And I want to thank Marina and her crew for doing such an awesome job because I was sick as a dog and uh, Maeve and Margo and Gwen here stepped up and covered the door for me. So I'm, I appreciate that. That's when my COVID started. I was achy all day that day. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Anyway. Yay. <laughs> so we thought we'd keep tonight's episode. Like we need an episode. Comes out on Friday. We're here Wednesday night before the Friday recording. And Chris is going <laughs> to kill us, but she knows it's coming late tonight. We were thinking, let's just keep it light and fluffy tonight. It's still spooky October. Ooh. <laughs> and I thought maybe we should just share some personal ghost stories because I have quite a few. I don't know if the ladies have much, but I have had a lot of experience when it comes to um, the other side, be it where I once lived, be it where I once worked. Yeah, it's been rough. So does that someone want to start? You go ahead first. Okay. Maybe each one of us take a turn telling one. We keep going round and round. Okay, so I'll start. The first story I'll share was I used to run a studio, a rental <laughs> studio. And that rental studio was in a building in downtown Halifax called the Roy Building. And the Roy... I don't know how old it is. It's pretty old. The it original was a Roy. very old building. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yes, it was. It yeah. Was. So it was a very old building and nothing overly crazy happened there. The elevator would constantly get stuck. I've been stuck in an elevator nine times and it was all <laughs> in the Roy building. We had just decided to move to studio. We were luckily, we were lucky. We got a space across the street. We were moving across the street because the Roy itself was being renovated. So all the tenants had moved out. And we were one of the last tenants to move. We were moving on like the last day, but we were just moving across the street. So we didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. Unfortunately, the studio had been robbed on that last day. Somebody had broken in, kicked in a door and stolen a large portion of camera equipment. It's here nor there. It's fine. Church covered it. It was 
fine. But a police officer had to come by. So while the police officer was there, let me try to explain how the Roy was laid out. Think of like a big capital I. There would be a middle hallway and at the end of each hallway was a horizontal hallway where all the offices and tenants were. And we were at the uh, the bottom left of the eye. And down on the other end of our hallway on the bottom right end of the eye was an empty office. Like every space was empty, but there had been an, a particularly empty office space since I had moved in. We've been there eight years and it had always been empty. The stories were always that it never got rented because it was a haunted space. Basically, a lawyer had that was his office and he he worked himself to death and passed away at the desk. So he died at the desk. And that was back in the early 1900s. So I think it was like 1915 or something. Uh, And it was Mr. Mr. Henry. I want to say Atkinson, Mr. Henry Atkinson. His name was actually still on the door and nobody had used the space. So that was fine. Me and a friend were at the studio in our lower left corner waiting for the police officer to arrive. And Mr. Atkinson's door on the rare occasion would open and close, but it was nobody in the space. And everybody in the building had just sort of brushed it off. It's the wind. It's Mr. Atkinson. He's upset. Just leave him be. So... The police officer finally arrives and he takes our statement. He takes a list of the equipment that's been stolen, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. During that meeting, we're we're still the only tenants in the building at this time. So our studio door is open because it was just, we were the only people left. And it wasn't anything really left in the studio. It was a cabinet of equipment that was being moved in the morning. And that's, it had been emptied out, and that's what was stolen. And Mr. Atkinson's door opened and closed and slammed shut. And the police officer had asked, well, what was that? And I said, oh, it's Mr. Atkinson. Just ignore him. And they're like, but you said it, you're the only people in the building. And I said, yeah, we are. It's it's a ghost. He just doesn't like a lot of noise in the hallway. And the police officer just kind of gave me a funny look. He's finishing up the report, and the door opens and closes again. And he's like, are you sure like there's nobody else here? And I'm like, no, nope, there's nobody there. He's like, well, I'm going to go check. And I'm like, just so you know, the door is going to be locked. So he goes down, goes to open the door and it's locked, of course. And he can't get in. He fuddles with it a little bit. And he turns back to us and he moves. He's probably like one third of the way down the hallway back towards us. And the door opens and closes really quick behind them. Again, that's what he decided he was done. He was done filling out his report. <laughs> so he uh, he finished up. The door did slam one more time afterwards. I think in total it slammed him five times while he was there. And then he, he left pretty quick. And to my knowledge, I don't know if Mr. Atkins is still there now that the building is fully been gutted and renovated but uh interesting to find out i'd spoken to the gentleman the halifax ghost walk and i asked why don't you ever go by to roy and he's like because there's too many stories about the roy i can't stand it all night and <laughs> well, yeah tell stories well, Hal- about just one building yeah halifax is an incredibly haunted place it is it's yeah, actually it's I've read, I've, and of course, it's just internet blog posts, but I've read that Halifax is one of the most haunted cities because we have repurposed a lot of our morgues and funeral homes in the restaurants and boutique hotels. <laughs> <laughs> it's true where my kid works downtown is where they bought a lot of the Titanic 
victims when they rounded them up, you know, out of the sea and everything else. So it's probably crazy down there, down five fishermen way. Exactly. Yeah. So the five the five fishermen was the morgue for when the Titanic sank. So a lot of the victims of the Titanic uh, haunt that building. Yeah. Yeah. It's all down there. So it's very, very cool. Very cool. I would love to know if Mr. Atkinson's still there. That's very cool. And maybe someday I'll wander and find uh, who owns the condo that occupies that space and just ask how they feel. <laughs> <laughs> very Who's good. next? I don't really have any ghost stories. I wish I did. I've heard Although, ghost stories about Little Mysteries. Well, Little Mysteries did, like their basement down there was, like there was a hearth. A, a stone hearth built into the wall in the basement yep. still it was pretty rough although i i never really experienced anything there myself no hill tribe certainly we did if we were all on the first floor we would regularly hear somebody moving hangers around up on the second floor you know that would freak people out but yeah, like, I don't know, my closest thing to a ghost story, I think, is the Carpenter Man, which isn't oh. really ghosts. Well, That's let's hear it. I used to get super freaked out and annoyed if I knew I put my keys on the coffee table and I went to get them and they weren't there. And you go and wreck it, destroy the whole house looking for your keys, and you'll go back and there they are sitting on the coffee table. That kind of thing used to drive me absolutely mental and then i saw an episode i don't remember if it was tales from the dark side or twilight zone or something and it talked about time being a series of boxcars and there were carpenter men who built each boxcar of time as it happened so right now for example my apartment doesn't exist because i'm not there when i go to my apartment the carpenter men will build it and prep it for me to be there ready when I show up. And then when I leave in the next boxcar of time, it disappears and they build whatever boxcar of time I'm going into. But sometimes they forget things, which is why if you're in your living room and you know it's on your coffee table and you can't find it and you rip it apart and you go to your bedroom and you destroy your bedroom looking for your keys and you go back and there they are sitting on the coffee table, it's because they forgot to put them there the last time you were in that boxcar of time and realized their error when you left and corrected it for the next time you went into that boxcar of time. Wow. And knowing this bizarre concept totally calmed me down. Like, I'm totally fine. Now, if something goes missing and I can't find it, I'm just like, well, it's the carpenter men. It'll show up. And it always does. Like, it's just the weirdest thing that this bizarre conceptual story enables me to handle my own insanity in a way. Right. So you'll often hear me say something about, oh, well, it's probably just the carpenter men. And that's what I, it's these, these carpenters that build the boxcars of time that we need when we're in them. So I've never heard that concept before. (laughs) Oh, it's very cool. I sometimes, I go through periods, maybe it's just a day or whatever, where pretend I'm uh, somewhere, like I'm in the bathroom and I pick up my toothbrush and say, I put my toothbrush down. I turn to get a Kleenex. And then when I look back, my toothbrush is gone, even though I've just put it there, you know, beside the sink. 
Yeah. And I go, where the heck is my toothbrush? You say carpet, but I haven't left the room. This happens a lot yeah. when I haven't left the room. And usually I'll go, all right, that's enough. Put it back. Whatever is going on in the house. <laughs> and then I'll go, I'm turning away. And when I look back, that had better be back there. And I'll turn away again and look back. And there's the damn toothbrush. I have that happen frequently. And I go through phases of that. It's like, what the heck? I know this is sitting right next to me. Or, you know, one shoe will disappear. And it's like, put that shoe back. And, you know, I eventually get it back, which is nice. <laughs> I go through that a lot. Gwen, dear, you got something interesting? One of the places I work is the hospital. And so, of course, there's a lot of tasks and otherworldly type activity. In the emergency department, there's certain rooms that a lot of people are uncomfortable to be in. There's a hallway in another part of the hospital that years ago, some of the security personnel had said. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, it's not accessible for patients and it's mostly offices now because the hospital had been re um, redeployed in different areas used differently they are like when i'm on i do not patrol that back hallway it's not part of my rounds because it's there's too much activity on it i think my last working shift people were talking and i wasn't talking to the person that actually did it but uh, one of the nurses on her break went up to the back area in the middle in the middle of the night apparently with one of the security guards and they set up flashlights and like one of them would ask questions and they had the lights blink on and off in the answers and they were doing these sorts of interrogating the entities that were up there and they were they were communicating through turning on the flashlights so there is stuff happening at the hospital all the time i think the most that i personally have experienced is rooms going cold oh and then there is a rocking chair that will occasion, usually overnight, um, when things are quieter, there's less hustle and bustle. And we try and keep, you know, rooms closed and always kind of darker and that sort of thing. But there is a, there is a uh, rocking chair that will spontaneously start to rock and make everybody a little. Um, <laughs> and where is that? Where is that in a hospital? That's in our department. That's in the emergency Oh, wow. This walking okay. chair that we have. And uh, it's not in a patient room, and it's actually visible from one of the main nursing areas because it's in a location that has a camera. And then all of a sudden, people look up and they'll go, There's the rocking chair again. Wow. So, and it just uh, rocks away and then it stops and it rocks again. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely one of my stories. <laughs> all right, Maeve, let's hear yours. 
Mine's going to take a minute. That's all right. So back, so back earlier this summer, my mother wanted to go to her cousin's husband's funeral up in Parsboro. And my little putt-putt doesn't have air conditioning and it's July. So June or July, it was hot. So she came up to the city here and we were going to go in her car, changed car with my dad's. It's newer and it has air conditioning. Mine's a little old putt-putt and doesn't have air conditioning. So it was Saturday morning. We get up, we go out. We, you know, a little bit of fuddling with this, get this here. And my purse was on top of the car and I'm driving to Parsboro and that's fine. So in the car we get, we drive around to Tim Hortons. We get some Tim Hortons breakfast and we hit the road. So we decide we have to stop and pee in Truro. So we go into the Wendy's in Truro to pee. And when we come out, I go to start the car. And because it's a newer car, it's one of those, you know, you push the ignition because the keys are in your purse. And the car wouldn't start. It said no key. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I tore the car apart, tore my purse apart, on and on, this and that. Turns out the key is nowhere. I'm thinking, where the hell is the goddamn key? Like, this is absolutely absurd. Where's the key? So after thinking about it, the only thing I could think was the key was in my purse, which wasn't zipped up. I had put, you know, my purse and my drink on top of the car, organized a thing or two I had to do, then grab my purse. I figured when I grabbed my purse, the keys got left on top of the car. And so when I drove away, the keys were on top of the car and they eventually fell off. But what got me is how the hell did we get all the way to Truro, which is an hour drive with no key near the car. So that was very shocked. So anyway, here we are in Truro. So I got all CAA and, you know, they come, put power on a flatbed. We called my dad and said, yeah, you'll just have to come up tomorrow with the other set of keys. I'm real sorry, mom. We're not going to Parsboro. You're not going to get to see your cousins and whatnot. So that was, you know, disappointing, but we're all right. And my mother said to me, she says, for two days, I had some sort of, you know, premonition. I had this feeling something was going to go wrong. Something was going to go wrong. She said, at least we didn't have an accident. I said, sure, we did have that's fine so we come home get the car off the flatbed that's lovely and we had left the house that morning at nine o'clock what's getting me is if they were on i went up and down the street looking for the keys where have they fallen off they're nowhere they're this thinking if they stayed on the roof all the way to tim hortons did nobody see that the damn keys were on the roof when i drove through tim hortons anyway so that's fine and so we come home and i had phoned a friend of mine Cass. Cass and dawn have been on the show here with us before because she was from Truro. i said look i said if we can't get this the, the tow truck will can't take both of us will you drive up and pick us up in Truro? and she said sure i will no problem so i got home called her i said no we're fine we're this we're that on and on so at this point my grandmother who's been dead for many years now appears and Cass is an amazing medium and when she wants to talk to me, because I can tell they're there, but I can't see them. She appears and she says, I made you lose those keys. And we're like, what? She said, if you would have continued on your way to Parsboro, which was a two and a half to three hour drive away, you would have had a terrible accident. Your mother would have been killed and you would have been irrevocably damaged for the rest of your life. She said it would have happened at the devil's corner. Said, the devil's corner. So Cass turns to her husband, Don, who used to drive Acadian lines and said, on the way to Parsboro. Is there a devil's corner? Like, what's the devil's corner? And Dawn said, there's something called the devil's elbow. My grandmother's never been to Parsboro, probably in a whole, never went to Parsboro in her life. So we would have had a terrible accident on the way to Parsboro. So my grandmother said she made me lose those keys. So after that, it was kind of a total freak out. We were, mom and I are looking at each other going, are you kidding me? So at this point, 
We say, let's go on up. Let's go up to Sushi Cove and have some sushi for supper. So it is probably about 5.15, 5.30 at this point. We had left the house this, that morning at nine. So like, you know, it's eight hours later. We go up onto Herring Cove Road, cross the road to go into Sushi Cove. We're walking along just before Sushi Cove in front of Mesa. I look out into the middle of the street and in the middle of four lanes of traffic and a turning lane. So five lanes. There's the goddamn keys in the middle of the road. Eight hours later on a four-lane road. Five lanes because there's a turn away. Well, I almost had a heart attack. I screamed there they are. My mother ran out into traffic with her arms waving. We picked up the keys. They're scraped up a little bit. And it's like, this can't be. How can in the middle of five lanes of traffic, in the middle of a turn and lane, did these keys survive for eight hours? This is absolutely, God, this is the most incredible thing that's ever happened. I mean, we couldn't believe it. And so we go in, we eat our sushi, we go home, turns out the keys, just a little scrape on the side. Keys work fine. I can't believe they weren't smashed to smithereens. So we're calling Cass. Of course, my grandmother appears again. I said, what the living hell? Basically. And at that point, my friend Monica is there too. And I said, how on earth did those keys survive? She says, those keys weren't there all day. She says, I dropped them there when you were walking up for sushi. And that's my ghost story. At least she was considerate enough to save the keys because those things are expensive. They are expensive. (laughs) So that is absolutely the most astonishing thing. I like, can you imagine? I couldn't believe there's keys in the middle of the road eight hours later. And we would have, my mother would have died and I would have apparently been irrevocably damaged for the rest of my life. Crazy. That's my ghost story. I don't know if I told you guys that yet because it's long. I think I've heard that story before uh, around the campfire. Yeah, it was. Oh, I did. I told it at the Festival of Summer. It's absolutely incredible. So there we go. So I just recently moved into a new house, uh, which does not seem to be haunted, which it's a little disappointing. A little (laughs) disappointing. Like nowadays, in today's economy, if you have a haunted house, you're like, are you haunting my house? And they say yes. They're like, okay, your your share of the rent is this, and you got to pay this bill. <laughs> um, but in the previous house we lived in, in Rockingham, it was Karen's family home. And it had been built by her, I'm going to get this wrong, it's either her great-grandfather or her grandfather. I'm not 100% sure. But... The, the important point is, is that she had an aunt who had uh, Down syndrome, and that aunt had passed away in the home, in the, what, they, what they called the green bedroom upstairs. Her father also passed away in the bathroom upstairs, but I'm pretty positive this was her aunt. When there was nobody upstairs, and this was several times, this is not just a one-time occurrence, and several people have heard this. When you're when you were downstairs in that living area, you could hear footsteps upstairs all of the time going up and down the hallway in through the living room. And it was a old old style hardwood floor. So it's it didn't really creak, but you could definitely hear when someone stepped on it. And yeah, if you were downstairs with company, with people, and if there was nobody upstairs, you could definitely hear footsteps upstairs and i i often joke that it was karen's aunt who uh who just never moved on she just stayed in the house wow very cool i was staying with some friends up in cape breton a couple summers ago and it had been that it had been uh 
the family's grandparents or great grandparents' home, and they had it now as a cottage. It, it still didn't have running water in it after all these years. I mean, the, his grandparents stopped living in it in the 80s, and it still didn't have running water in the 80s. But when I was in there, it's a lovely spot. But I knew somebody. There was something moving around. I could tell because I was a. I guess because I was a guest. I'd never been there before, and I just said hello. Mr. Andor, Mrs. Burke, whoever is here, because it was the Burke house. He said, uh, thank you for letting me, you know, stay. I said, I'll be the best guest I can be and I'll be neat and tidy. And uh, thank you for letting me, me come here. And they settled right down. And then I never saw another thing went on for about the first day. So I find a lot of times haunting. You think it's haunted. You just sort of say hi. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. I'm going to do my best to be a good guest. And then usually things settle down. One other story I have about downtown Halifax was the Green Lantern. I remember uh, that. Yeah, the Green Lantern is currently has a wine bar in it. And I don't know what's Where's the other the half. Green Lantern? I don't remember the Green Lantern. It is on the corner of Barrington and is it Prince or Sackville? Saxel, I think. Saxel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The building's never had anything really in it since I moved to Halifax. It had Venus Envy at one point, and it has the oh, all yes, yes, wine yes. bar in it. Oh, Venus Envy yes, okay. has since moved out. But it used to be JWD around there, wasn't it? Uh, that was a block away. Oh, that's right. Okay. I'll yeah. stop. Yeah. yeah. The building was pretty empty, and I would often sneak in there with a model, and we would photograph on, like, the stairs, in the hallways, because it was very sort of art deco. This is before they were, it was under construction. The bathrooms were very sort of, like, right out of the 70s. Uh, they were just leftovers. And so me and a model are in there shooting one day, and uh, the model excuses herself and goes to the washroom. And I'm fiddling around with cameras or whatever. There's nobody else in the building. There's there's no businesses upstairs. There's nothing. It's just all empty. I'm on a different floor. She went to a floor below because the, the washroom on the floor we were on was locked. And no, no, sorry, sorry. I went, I was below her and she went into a, a washroom upstairs. She came back and said, oh, I didn't think there was anyone else in the building. And I'm like, what do you mean? There isn't. It's just me and you. And she's like, no, there was a lady in the washroom. I'm like, really? And she said, yeah. So we looked for the built. Nobody had passed me. It's not, it's a, it's a really small building. You have to pass everybody to get anywhere. And we went through the rest of the building and there was no businesses up there. Everything was closed. Uh, and yeah, she swears it was a lady, a yellow summer dress. I thought, well, I think this was maybe like August. It wasn't dressed like period, but not really dressed for the mid two 2000s. Yeah. Uh, she, she swears it was a lady in the washroom. They said hi to each other and the lady walked out and it was a lady. Yeah. <laughs> Spectacular. Yeah. That, that person to the day swears that this person was real as day. She saw her face to face and said hi because she was surprised that there was somebody there. Wow. I love ghost stories. <laughs> we have anybody out there here in Nova Scotia. We have a very famous author named Helen Creighton who wrote <laughs> Luno's Ghosts. And she traveled all over Nova Scotia for many years collecting the stories for those. If you ever come across a copy of Luno's Ghosts, it's a wonderful read. All kinds of little stories from around Nova Scotia. It's a great read. We also have, in last year, I think Karen had read passages from Steve Vernon's books. Yes. He writes quite a few mm -hmm. ghost stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Yeah. All right. So 
Thank you, everybody. We hope you continue to have a spooky October. Enjoy your ghost stories. And and my grandparents actually lived, my mother grew up next door to a cemetery. And my grandfather said always the best neighbors he ever had. They caused no problem. It's not the dead you should ever be afraid of. It's the living. Hello, beloved listeners and patrons of Three Witches and a Druid podcast. We would like to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude for your unwavering support of our podcast. With your encouragement, we have been able to explore and celebrate the rich and diverse world of paganism and spirituality. We feel blessed to have had the opportunity to share our knowledge and experiences with you. As we continue to grow and evolve, we invite you to join us on this journey and become a Patreon member of our podcast. Your contribution will help us to continue creating quality content and provide you with more exciting episodes filled with wisdom, insights, and a little enchantment. By becoming a Patreon member, you will not only support our mission, but you will also have access to exclusive content, behind-the-scenes goodies, discounts, and much, much more. Together, we can create a thriving and supportive community. To our amazing Patreons who have been there to support us through the past three seasons, Sybil, Josie, Catherine, Nicole, Amy Beth, Tomlin, Samantha, Stephanie, Chris, Ramos, Eric, Karen, Highland Horde, Danny, Tania, Sarah, Kay, Linda, and Jennifer. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of our three witches and a druid family. Let us continue to inspire and uplift each other, and may our collective energy bring light and love to the world. So until next time, everybody, thank you so very much. Everybody have a happy Halloween and Samhain. Till then, merry meet. Merry part. Merry part. And merry meet again. Blessed be. Blessed be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.